When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, none of that. Absolutely none of it. Joining me today, she is the host of the 12 Questions Podcast, which you can hear right here on the Unpops Network. She's also the host of the Brouhaha Podcast, which you can also hear on the Unpops Network. And she's a fantastic comic. You should go see her tell jokes sometime once that's legal again. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna Valenzuela, also joining me. He is the host of a fantastic podcast called Sideshow's Sideshow. He's also the co-host of the Tom and Jeff Watch Batman podcast. I have no fucking idea what that's about. And he's my co-host on a podcast called You Don't Even Like Sports. And he's co-hosting this episode today. Ladies and gentlemen, just me. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hi, Unpopular. That's my co-host, Jeff May. No. Yeah. Uh... And that's Anna Valenzuela. Hi, guys. How's everyone doing? Uh, You know, fine, I guess. I feel like, Jeff, because I follow you on all the social medias, I feel like you have become surlier than ever in quarantine. Like, you're, you've reached peak surly, like you're just at home on the porch telling kids to get off your lawn. Uh, if I had a porch, I would 100% be doing that. Yeah. Like, that's not even <laughs> up for debate. Like, I feel like the levels of surly are like my roommate's dog that bites people, Jeff May, and Gran Torino. Like, those are the surly, that's the surly scale. That's how you know someone's not having an affair, is that they're staying at home and just really angry all the time and not venting it out <laughs> elsewhere. Oh, you have a lovely lady. So what should we, are you guys quarantining together? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're wondering why I'm so angry all the time. <laughs> why would you be is that just so Bostonian way of expressing love? <laughs> no, those are two different things. We have that uh, too. Take, take my wife, please. Is I don't know why it everybody, is? it's funny that everybody is just like, well, I'm lucky. Like, yeah, we're lucky. Like, everybody's lucky to be quarantining if they have a partner, but also at the same time, like, of course you want to fucking murder them. Like, I, anybody that's just like, nope, nope, everything has been wonderfully fine. It's like, you're getting a little, a little, a little pecky every once in a while. You can't. Yeah, if I was living with my partner right now, I live uh, with very funny comedian Brandy Posey, and I live. If we were living together, if Stuart and I were living together, uh, he'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be chopped up in my closet, and I'd be like, "Stuart, who?" <laughs> and it's not because he's not wonderful; it's because I'm intolerable <laughs> and aggressive. <laughs> It's funny because I used to record at the apartment and at some point in time, like she just started like locking me in her room whenever I have to record. I'm like, I'm just going back to my apartment. Fuck this. Yeah, I would probably be going back and forth to the studio if it was close, but yeah, it's in Burbank and I'm in Torrance. I'm not driving. Even with this traffic, I'm not driving. I've already robbed the shit out of your studio, by the way. Yeah, the studio is pretty fucking depleted right now. There's like one microphone there. There's chairs and debris scattered everywhere. It's clean. It's very sanitized. I did that before I got out of there. But it is in ruins. I broke into your freezer. I took those crab cakes that you had sitting in there. They were amazing. Those are good. Available at Ralph's. Once we're able to leave the house again, that is. And that brings us to what we're talking about today. Yeah, we got there. <laughs> that transition, though. <laughs> well, I, I feel like we've been on course this whole time because we've been yeah. talking about what it's like being cooped up in the house and or apartment. Let's be honest, apartment. <laughs> yeah, right. And what we're talking about today is the argument that 
America should be reopened, like, right now. That's the sound. Like, every time I open my phone, I'm like, because that's not right. (laughs) And just to be clear, I'm not implying that America should never be opened. And I think uh, the idea that it might be like this for 18 months or so probably is pushing it a little bit. Like, once we have testing and things of that nature, then we can get back into opening the country. But we don't fucking have that right now. No, we don't. No. It's still very hard to get tested for this. We don't know how, like, we don't even know how many people have had this right now. We should at least figure that out before we start throwing open the doors to the tattoo parlors of the nation. I think... It's this denial approach to a pandemic is the most insane, dangerous, boomer ass shit I have ever experienced on a social level before. Dude, like so many. I love when people are like, we've survived worse. It's like, yeah, when you were 35. Like, you're not surviving this shit when you're 65, you old, stubborn fucks. And they're the people that are most susceptible to being told shit by fucking Fox News. Yeah. The propaganda machine, I mean, it's really just this... I understand that the economy is fucked. But if the economy is this state, uh, this unstable and this unable to withstand a hit, then maybe we should look at how we do money. Like, it seems like our economic model is so fucked that any little fluctuation there was once a in the video game eve online there was once a uh oh a war that caused an actual flux in the economy in the physical world wait what like what yeah do you remember that eve online this old mmo rpg was basically running like a small business on space but one time there was a uh, there was like a battle that took place and um, because the economy like fluctuated, it like crashed in the game because it's a very like economic based game. It crashed in the game and it caused a fluctuation in the stock market. That's vi- I'm a ga- it's, it's about ethics and gaming economics, folks. Welcome to the new Gamergate. That's been one of the things about this pandemic in general is it's really bringing to light how bad some of these problems we have in this country are the the economy being one of them and not just the economy because people hear that and they'll go well before this the economy was very strong and it's like that's that's not like on paper it was strong but that's not what we mean it was like a it was like a bonfire on the beach made of gasoline and pallets so it was awesome. It was awesome, and it was flaming, and it was going hot, hot, and heavy, but eventually the tide comes in. Right. And that tide has come in, mm-hmm. and now a lot of people are definitely struggling. So I like I get the urge to want to get back to work, but I feel like we're hearing it more from like the bosses at those places or the business owners who are like, I need to run my small business again. And it's like, yeah, but your employees also need to not die of a disease that will kill them from excessive coughing. Do you remember there was a movie, it was called like The Button or something like that. And it was like a guy shows up with a box and he's like, if you press this button, you get a million dollars, but somewhere in the world, somebody dies. Yes. You might not know who that person is. It's just, that's what's going to happen. Like that's kind of the game we're playing right now where Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh yeah, we could get money back. Uh, We're just going to randomly kill a bunch of people. And I may or may not know some of them. Well, in the short term gains, I mean, if you think about it, like if you're killing your, your customer base by interacting with them, which we do, which we do, Adam and I, we love to, we love to do that. Uh, The Patreon does have laser beams, Um, but you can, um, like it's not sustainable over time, you know, unless you're creating more of a customer base that's willing to run out there. It's that it's what uh, the cigarette companies did. They like they they created this product that's so effective at killing people. They had to make sure children then get addicted yeah. to it. We have to create Joe Virus. <laughs> <It's gonna be laughs> a Joe Virus. Cool shades wearing cartoon virus running around. <laughs> He's one of those people in the, uh, God, that needs to be in the way that Karen and Becky, Joe Virus needs to be a thing. Uh, great job, Jeff. That would be a great way to help Biden win. Give, give his first name to the virus. <laughs> 
You know, it's it's all about a vote for Biden is a vote for his vice president because he is not going to last a full term. That man is old and decrepit. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to hear that a vote for Biden is a vote for anything else, which just reminds you of how shitty an option he is. <laughs> It's yeah. so bad. I I was I was sad like I get the the literal gun that was to Bernie's head and his supporters, but I was it was a real sad day in this house when uh when Bernie dropped out because if anything's made a case for Bernie and his both economic and social policies and healthcare policies, it has been COVID nineteen. Yeah, and that's one thing that I'm kind of consoling myself with when it comes to the idea of voting for Biden is as unhinged and fucking crazy as he is. He would be handling this situation better than Trump. He'd be, he'd be stabbing the virus. Like he, he, at the very least, he recently tweeted, I can't believe I have to say this, but please don't drink bleach. <laughs> I know. What did that moment? I went to sleep. I was like, I have a sinus headache. I'm going to take a nap. I woke up and all I'm reading on the internet is Trump says to drink disinfectant. And I'm like, wait, what? And I look it up. And the crazy part is like, I think that really did something really negative to the collective psyche that is the hive mind of the internet. I feel like that is the moment many people broke this week. Kind of, (laughs) yeah. They were just like, oh, fuck. (laughs) What's weird to me is I'm getting a lot of anecdotal, you know, you're hearing anecdotal stories of people that are like making a weird logic jump among his listener base where he says something like that kind of like offhanded to to somebody off to the side and then the next thing you know you're hearing stories of people that are injecting themselves or 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 ingesting cleaning products disinfectants did they do it and well you're hearing it and it's the internet which is why i'm saying anecdotes i'm I'm not saying you know we have evidence people are doing that but like there is one real world example of that And I talked about it on an episode of Conspiracy, the show recently, and all of the I got so many one star reviews on iTunes over it (laughs) because I I talked about this uh, incident that happened in Arizona after Trump was like, hey, look into chloroquine to treat your COVID-19. And this guy took that advice, but he did it by ingesting fish tank cleaner which has a form of chloroquine in it called chloroquine phosphate and i got all of these negative reviews and comments from people who were like that was fake news that guy didn't take chloroquine he took fish tank cleaner and it's like but why why did he take fish tank cleaner where did he get that idea and if you read the actual story he and his wife got the idea from hearing Trump say it. And then it happened to three people in Nigeria a few days later, where Trump is fucking, look it up. Massively popular there. Hugely popular. Uh, the Nigerian dictator and Trump are like, ooh, best friends. I mean, you got to figure with all those scamming princes, no wonder they have somebody to look up to. Hey! Hey! hey. Uh, ah. You know what? It's funny, like Trump, somebody should pull him aside and be like, hey, you're going to kill all of your people. Maybe you should just try them, tell them that maybe exercise will help. Like just offhandedly say maybe, maybe run on a couple of laps around a, around a track might be there. Maybe keep your idiot morons healthy. Well, I, I agree with that. However, I don't think he has empathy. So that isn't a statement that's going to change his behavior. Oh, no, I, no, that, that wouldn't be an empathic. I'm not saying to do it for the good of yourself I'm uh, for the good of other people. I'm saying for the good of your votes. Stop accidentally convincing all of your voters to poison themselves. Well, they've been so open about rigging this thing about like, if we go to, you know, vote by mail, and it's like, no, wait a minute, Republicans invented vote by mail. So people with no knees could vote. Like there's it's it's crazy that that is now the thing where they're like, you know, if the if the Democrats could actually get to the polls, we are fucked. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> Did you say that out loud, Mitch McConnell? You fucking shellless turtle? <laughs> What's really crazy or alarming about the response to this shutdown is that Trump isn't even the craziest 
player in this game. Not by a long shot. Like his his he released like a plan to reopen the country and it's pretty straightforward and makes sense. Yeah, it's a it's like a three it's like a three ingredient what recipe it feels like. It's like a very like like easy muffins, easy low carb muffins or something. That's kind of what it reminds me of. It's tamer than I would have expected from him, if I could be a hundred percent honest. I would think that his three phase plan would have started with phase three. Right. Right. And and would have included some sort of mass deportation uh, policy. Well, I mean, he shut the he shut down immigration to the United States. And that's probably going to be in place well after we're all able to go to the bars again. I'm so excited about this, guys, because there's nobody to pick the produce. Right now, it's squash and asparagus and some leafy vegetables. There is no way to pick that produce. It's going to go fallow. And we're going to have a weird situation where my father's dream is realized where we get to watch naturalized citizens, probably white people, picking strawberries. And I am for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, white people pay to do that. That's just called going to the orchard. That's another thing. Everybody gets a free apple picking date. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's this whole thing. So this is what was in his plan to reopen the country. Phase one, strict social distancing in public. No gatherings of more than 10 people. Phase two, maximum social distancing where possible. Limit gatherings to 50 people. Travel can resume. Phase three, things mostly return to normal. (laughs) So wish it's like wishful thinking. (laughs) Yeah. And the the thing about that, none of that is going to work if we can't test people. Yeah. That's the big thing right there. There. Yeah. There's nothing medical in this. There's no science. There's no, we're going to give X amount of money. We're going to start testing in these States first. We're going to phase these rollouts. Then we're going to get everybody tested. There's none of that which is uh, irresponsible at best. Yeah, and he seems to be pushing for like the middle of May, which is technically when California's lockdown is supposed to end, but I feel like it's not going to end May 15th. I have a friend who is a, he's a medical internist, so those are the doctors that only work at ICUs, and he works in Santa Maria, so that's a little further north, a less populated area, and they're planning on social distancing protocols and, like, COVID protocols until at least June 1st when they reevaluate where they're at with their stats. So they're not planning on this to be over by May 15th. I think we set May 15th with the ability to push it further if necessary, and certainly clinicians are not banking on May 15th at all. Yeah, I think Ventura County, which is uh, a bit north of Los Angeles, is starting to toy with the idea of allowing self-contained businesses that aren't necessarily essential to go back. So like, for example, Sideshow. Um, It's the only reason I know that is they were like, yeah, at some point in time, our offices are going to be allowed to open as long as they're contained and you don't deal with the public. Okay. So like if you are your own business, that's not, you know, like we do shipping. Uh, along with like the filming and stuff that I do. So that theoretically could be the thing. I can see reopening stuff like that relatively soon because in a situation like that, you can take measures to make sure everyone is relatively safe. Like you can, you know, check people's temperature before they come in, make sure everyone stays far enough apart. So I can see stuff like that reopening relatively soon. You can't do that at a movie theater. Yeah. Or... A hair salon? Or a fucking, <laughs> or for, for all of us, uh, let's get specific here, a fucking comedy show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, comedy, comedy is about to change in it. It is changing in a real way right now. I did my first Zoom you show did your yesterday, first, last How night. was it for you? I've done a few weird. of them so far. They're weird. I've been, I've been very resistant to them. I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. I don't feel funny. I'm not going to be like, oh, dating is hard. Again, you know? so surly. So surly. But, but it is a weird, like, the world is so different and, like, I feel like I just want to just rant into the camera at this point in time, which is... Which is what some people are doing. I definitely, again, uh, dildo, I've pulled out all my sex toys and put them on camera. I have, uh, I like oh, to Stuart's play with... Oh, Stuart's there? 
Uh, <laughs> no, he's at home. Uh, and he's too much of a prude. And, uh, but we've done a show together, which was fun, where we both, um, we both were logged onto separate Zooms and we pretend like we were different houses. And then eventually you see another one of us walk into frame, which was kind of fun. So there's, there's stuff where like you can, I think you got to play with it. You gotta, you know, it changes your delivery a bit, the delay, but it's, yeah, it's been a weird, been a weird time for comedy, but yeah, the, um, but we, like, we have shows, we have shows that when, you know, like, uh, mint on card that we just, we don't know, you know, you don't even know when these small shows, these independent shows are, let alone things like the comedy store, the Hollywood improv. Yeah. Things like that. It seems like we're going to have to keep them shut for a long time which makes what's happening in georgia so fucking crazy (laughs) as we're recording this the following things are allowed to be open in georgia effective friday april 24th so yesterday gyms hair salons barber shops tattoo parlors bowling alleys the nastiest fucking entertainment option (laughs) of all if we're talking germs why bowling? It's so weird. Why tattoo parlors? I well in the gym too. I've gotten so fucking sick from LA Fitness that I was already doing COVID things when I walked in. I would walk in, wash my hands, not touch my face, do my whole workout, wash my fucking hands, and leave because I got horrendously sick because nobody in LA knows how to stay the fucking home when they're sick they would all just go to the sauna and like i'm gonna sweat it out anyway sorry i just (laughs) yeah no people at uh, those gyms are garbage um so we have this kind of the situation here where you know they're opening all these places and you're like oh this is unsafe but when you really get down to it a lot it's it's economics it takes this the onus off of the state economically well What's wild about that is like, okay, so hair salons, that's been, have either of you shaved your head in a weird, angry man fit? Because I've seen a lot of weird, angry man fits where men are like shaving their heads, cutting their own hair, dyeing their hair is like, bruh, (laughs) like. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. I always shave my head, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of like impulsive, like, and what it is, is, is men are now experiencing for the first time what women do during a breakup, which is give themselves bangs. Like they, (laughs) they, they, they're like, they can't, uh, manage their, their emotions and self-regulation. So they're doing a bunch of weird shit to their hair, which is, it's very fun to watch from a distance, but like just jerk off and then reevaluate, you know, jerk off, take a nap, reevaluate if you want to do that. Yeah. But just get it in your own hair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man, like, I, I the hair thing, I kind of get because people are freaking out and doing weird shit to their heads. Um, but tattoo parlors, bowling alleys, I'm not gonna go to a bowling alley until there is a study on what's inside those little holes. Oh, yeah. And also, on the day this goes up, Monday, the 27th, theaters, social clubs and restaurant dine in services will resume in georgia y'all in georgia are gonna die which is crazy i'm sorry (laughs) this is the same guy who said he didn't realize covid19 could spread before a person is symptomatic until late march everyone knew that for like six weeks before that i wish you could when they played that clip on pbs which is like the only news i've been watching you i wish you guys could see that like distinguish older anchor woman just go and now and she's just like switching out of that clip and they just put up a card with like all of the information issued by the cdc and when <laughs> i was like yeah pbs got him um but uh no it's i think what's going on with him and this is not my original theory this is a brandy theory that this is uh religious stuff this is um this is end of the world like new testament let's see what we can do to get to armageddon stuff yeah maybe i think i think jeff is probably a little more on point that it's the state doesn't want to have to pay these fucking unemployment claims now now it's it it goes on to the unemployment insurance goes to the companies now instead of the state so so they're like well instead of like it's not like georgia fucking does anything like like to be 100 percent honest they're they're not 
I mean, Atlanta, you know, it's important, but it's important for shit like weird shit that America doesn't necessarily need. I mean, the CDC is there. The CDC is there and we've decided we don't need them. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I get that the CDC is there, but they're fucking working anyway. It's not like they're getting furloughed. Right. Well, it, it's the airport, I think, is one of their biggest uh, industries. Yeah, it's a major. There. It's a major international hub. Yeah. 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 Been lost in that one. But like I miss the gym. Like, I'm getting fat. I'm going fucking crazy. I'm climbing the walls. But at the same time, like, I don't want to kill a Nana. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, accidentally kill someone's grandma because I had to fucking work my shoulders out. Yeah, you're already worried about knocking people over and accidentally maiming them with your big limbs. My big gangly trunk limbs. Yeah. I want to just run through the woods for, like, six weeks. I, I mean, I can't run because I hurt my hip, but I've been power walking like a little old lady, and it's very cute. That's, that's how I want to survive COVID, is I just want to become a survivalist. For sure. I mean, I I miss not, uh, speaking of, I know how to shoot, I miss not having firearms in the house at some point. Like, for some reason, I was just like, Brandy and I were talking about getting a deep freezer and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Keep that gun in the deep freezer in case anyone comes after your meat. Yeah, you'll come after my mates. Uh, you can say <laughs> some some kind of cool Arnold pun, like "chill out" as you shoot get, somebody in the get chest. Get in the freezer. Um. That's not a pun. But yeah. It's fun. It's yeah. I'm fun. Yeah, one of the things that this is kind of setting up is this dynamic between red states oh. and their blue cities, because a lot of people are starting to associate this especially people on the right and Republicans, conservatives, people like that, they're starting to associate this with being like a liberal disease because all the big outbreaks have been in places like Seattle, LA, New York, and it's setting up. Yeah. And it's, it's setting up this weird dynamic where people who should be working together, like the governor of a state and the mayor of a city within that state of the city too, like, yeah, like the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, said this about reopening Georgia. I have a great working relationship with our governor, but I did not speak with him before he made this announcement. As I look at the data and as I talk with our local public health officials, I don't see that it's based on anything that's logical. But at the same time, what the fuck can she do mm-hmm. if the governor opens orders the state to be opened is she even able to say all right no but atlanta is still locked down yeah is there a city's rights version of states rights yeah i was i was gonna say i wonder if she could sue because i think this is a precedent that obviously trump has uh set up so for example his antagonistic relationship with california taking away our ability to set our own climate standards and uh you know basically saying like whatever your state's rights are go fuck yourself we're doing we want and which is so anti-republican anyway but i wonder if there is a way for cities to sue states in order to get their needs met i mean the the other thing about it too is that this is a political move because the people that will suffer most are the people that are in densely populated areas and those tend to be uh liberal leaning or in rural areas in multi-generational households um, or rural areas where they have a terrible healthcare system. So they're just out there coughing it up, letting their lungs turn to glass because they can't fucking drive 45 miles to a hospital. Yeah. Percentage wise, though, you're going to lose five True. people in a city for every one person you lose in the country. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real. Uh, it's it's not great. Uh. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's exponentially worse when when the population is more dense. So like. True. It's it's. There do I mean right now you see the scramble. Trump is trying to do everything he can to hold on to the presidency, and if that means sacrificing the lives of people that weren't going to vote for him in the first place, you've already seen him making these moves. You've seen him with that in New York. He wants New York to basically die. Because they're not going to vote for him. I was talking to Carlos Delgado, a co-host of the BrewJawJawCom podcast as it comes back. He, uh, they're corpse movers in New York. You get paid a day rate. They pay you out that day because several people don't come back. It's like 150 bucks a day to just move corpses in cold freezers. Yikes. Like, yeah, it's getting, it's, it's real out there. That was and a, um. The working with the dead uh, in during the bubonic plague during the Black Death yeah. in the in the 14th century, 
uh, the people that worked with the dead were actually the safest people out there. And they made a good money. They created the rise of the working class. I guess we all got to go to New York and start moving some bodies. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, like one of the conspiracy theory versions I've seen regarding why Republicans are so quick to open up now is that if that backfires, it's going to kill people in densely populated areas the most. And if you're talking about a state like Minnesota, that is all Republican areas and then Minneapolis, which tends to vote Democrat in every election. So yeah, it's it's like better than gerrymandering. Yeah, if you can thin that herd a little bit, then it's definitely going to be to the benefit of Republicans. So even then, they're still risking their own constituents' lives, but it would be in a way that would still tip the balance in their favor in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's very much of a conspiracy with the way that they sort of talk openly about wanting to restrict polling. You know, I, it doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't it's hard to feel- even call it a theory of conspiracy anymore when it's just very visible. Yeah, yeah. it's real visible. It's very blatant. And I, I think that, you know, in the state, not to sound like Kanye circa Katrina, but I don't think they care about people of color. I don't think they care about low income people. I think uh, it's it's very much they want poor people who vote for them. But mostly, you know, if you're poor, and you're leeching off of social programs, that's the other thing is it lightens the load of a lot of these uh, social programs that are getting like, completely maxed out right now. But it's, uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's grim. Uh, What about just capitalism as a death cult? Because that feels very much what's going on, too. It's like, well, if we're poor as a nation, what's the point of being alive? Yeah. I mean, I think the veil has been lifted over uh, what our economy is based off of. And that is the the essential suffering of, of the people at the bottom. And we're seeing that in real time. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that a lot more at the end of this when I, I found a study that looks at the demographics of people who are actually getting this and it's essential workers and those are tend to be black and brown black brown filipino people filipino people those nurses that's a lot of the nursing population not to like generalize but that is a huge part of our healthcare force is like filipino people and they're out there man and it's uh it's this is it's not it's this is not good there was a rumor on tiktok there have been such effective um like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, propaganda campaigns. So when they told us that masks didn't really work so they can conserve masks for people in the in the healthcare field, then they had to double back around and be like, oh, but we need you to wear masks, even though we told you they didn't work. And then I saw a lot on TikTok, which has been this weird sort of lightning rod, is a lot of people of color going on TikTok being like, yo, black and brown people can't get this. And it's like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> that's a bad just because the numbers are lower in Latin America right now, or the numbers are lower in certain communities, it does not mean it's going to hit your community hard because his, there's a special that Wanda Sykes did where she actually talks about this. But there's a lot of studies, black and brown people are not believed in in hospital settings. So when yeah, we that's come in historically true, yeah. historically yeah. true, we come in and we say, Oh, I have, I had a doctor tell me. If you bleed this much, you have, when I was, my uterus was exploding. If you bleed this much, you have to go to the hospital because you might need a blood transfusion. When that marker was surpassed, I went to the hospital and they said, what are you doing here? And I was like, the doctor told me to come if this happens. And they said, you seem okay. And I was like, what? Do I have to put the blood on me? Yeah. Well, they basically said if you were unable to speak due to your anemia, we would do something about it. I was like, so what's the gameplay here? And then I saw that I saw her special and I was like, oh, this is I mean, I've always like heard the articles, listened to NPRs done a lot of good coverage on it. But the truth is, is in the healthcare system, they're less likely to be believed. And and is it racism? Is it yes? We're the burden class, so therefore we're tough. Like in the minds, tougher. I don't understand. Why, why are you going deep into the question? You know the answer. It's the first thing you said. It's it's well, it's 
it's institutionalized racism. It's it's just that white people are viewed as more trustworthy automatically or more believable. And mm. white men specifically, like women receive that the same way. So as a brown woman, like no shit they didn't believe you. Okay. I you know, I trustworthy. I think that's the word I was looking for. I uh, I was thinking of it more of a psychological thing, like, oh, what is the perception? But I guess it is it is more of a perception, not necessarily of hardiness, but a perception of being less trustworthy. Like, I'm in there to scam for medication. Well, Adam and I are more trustworthy by default. Yeah. It's just a thing. Sorry. It's <sighs> the next time I see you, I will steal your wallets. <laughs> Did anyone see the interview with the mayor of Las Vegas? Holy shit. Yes, I did. I did not see it, but I read about Las Vegas opening their casinos again. I'm Uh, like, gambling addiction is real. That's a different kind of gambling. (laughs) It is infuriating to watch because she's so fucking smug. She won't listen to anything that's being said dealing with science or statistics she's just like fucking open it up and let's see what happens we'll be the control group and imagine living in las vegas and hearing the mayor be like yeah we want our population to be a control group to see what happens if you do nothing about coronavirus their air quality is as good as a camel 99 so like (laughs) it's already bad (laughs) and her argument her name's carolyn goodman by the way more like bad woman yeah (laughs) hey got her hey (laughs) hey (laughs) and one of her arguments is well we had diseases before and we didn't shut the country down and i hate that argument so much like this is a different kind of disease it's not like even aids isn't a good example to compare this to because aids it took some work to get it Unless you ended up in the wrong hospital that was dealing out dirty blood transfusions. You you heard it here. You had to earn your AIDS. <laughs> you kind of did. I mean, when I moved to Los Angeles, I moved here because I was in love with a PhD uh, virologist. Like, I, in fact, I've been thinking about hitting him up just being like, hey, because I know he's simultaneously completely freaked out and completely excited about what's going on because this is what he's been training his whole life for. But he, he basically, he came down here and he worked in um, a TB lab, Hep C lab, to uh, to work. Um, uh, worked you in said that TB already. twice. You're, thank you. Um, wow. But he worked. In, he finally settled in um, HIV lab where they studied breast milk transmission. And what's crazy about this? I mean, I read a bunch of his papers. I like helped him with his stuff in in college. I don't know why he was like, see if it, a lay person understands what I wrote. <laughs> and so, what's crazy about COVID is that it seems to mutate really, really quickly. It seems to manifest in different age groups with different symptoms, and it seems to um, just—it's so virulent. So it just really gets in. It's it is getting in any old way. Whereas AIDS is like blood, uh, you know, sexual fluids, like very specific. All the cool ways. All the fun ways, right? So like it's very, this is a much more, as as it was unfolding in the media, I was like, oh, we got to really watch this because this is so communicable. And the fact that people just don't get it because they can't see it physically and because there isn't some sort of, real concrete action that creates it it's it's i think people are just not wrapping their heads around like exactly what kind of monster this is this is more akin to a zombie movie yeah she also claimed that well she didn't even claim she was just like i think i had it in january so i i tried to go to the hospital and give my plasma so they could treat other patients and it's like if you had it in january you were literally the first person in this country to have it like that is such an insane thing to say did you see that they're using tom hanks's plasma now wow we're all gonna be better <laughs> we're gonna be better people <laughs> or we're gonna be on a QAnon list and it's gonna ruin our lives did anybody in this country not fuck them kids i'm i mean i'm sure some i, w- I would like to volunteer my name in this one okay i didn't fuck any kids yeah i did not all right we're batting a thousand here okay this is a non-pedophile podcast. 
Since 2019. <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> we fixed the problem. Don't worry. But yeah, that's uh, that's wild. I don't. Why would she claim that she had it? Uh, I don't. Well, know. then that means the CDC. That means she knows something about that that it was here earlier than we thought. Yeah, and there like there is an argument to be made for. Well, at some point we're going to have to build up some kind of herd immunity to this and like that's what they're trying to do in switzerland they've kept everything open they want to create herd immunity yeah and it's like it still seems too early to know if that is even gonna work what if getting it doesn't make you immune then what i mean when we start running out of chocolates and fucking and fucking cuckoo clocks we'll find out but that's like a real thing so like switzerland is uh they're open businesses they're not practicing social distancing. They want to create herd immunity. They're talking to their population about it. Denmark is right next door. Denmark's had an extremely aggressive stance on social distancing. Uh, they're considered like one of the developing countries, like model countries for how to deal with, with COVID. And uh, their rates are crazy to watch because it's just like, just like a few miles away people are surviving COVID-19 and over there in Switzerland people are like we're sick let's lick the telephone poles I don't I don't get it yeah I think Denmark is probably just seizing the opportunity to cut down on immigration a little bit oh you think okay oh yeah Denmark has a fucking at one point they wanted to keep immigrants on this island that used to be used as a animal testing facility or something like Uh. Denmark is way more right wing than people in the United States like to give it credit for. There's something rotten in the state of Denmark. It's their politics. (laughs) 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 So are we just going to eat the rich? What's going to happen? I hope so. (laughs) I think the rich is trying to eat us right now. Yeah. Yes. And the the thing about a lot of these lockdown protests, they're claiming that they're like grassroots organic things that are just (laughs) happening because Americans are frustrated and we want to get to the hair salon. And no, they're not. They're being funded by these right wing groups. Yeah. The one that happened first, April 15th in Michigan, it was called Operation Gridlock. This is a quote from Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Operation Gridlock was funded in large part by the DeVos family, and I think it's really inappropriate for a sitting member of the United States president's cabinet to be waging political attacks on any governor. And the reason she said that, Operation Gridlock was hosted by the Michigan Freedom Fund, which has received over $500,000 from the DeVos family in the past and was founded by Greg McNeely, a political advisor to the DeVos family. And they're, they're using this as like a... So what they did then, Operation Gridlock, they set up a template that people could use to organize their own protests. So Operation Gridlock Tennessee was the next one. There was Operation Gridlock Los Angeles. And they all, if you go to the Facebook page where they organized it and check the About page, it's the exact same language. So not only did these protests start with someone connected to the Trump administration, they're also the ones spreading them to other parts of the country. Can I tell you, I've been rewatching what my nostalgia watch has been Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, my favorite version of that, that property. And it's the DeVos family is basically doing what uh, several groups in both seasons do, which is to create their own, their own standalone pattern in a society and by using digital media. And it's, they are, they're bad. So let's talk about this last part of the notes here, which is the the argument that people are using predominantly to support the idea of opening the country is something called utilitarianism, which is the idea that sometimes a minority of the population has to suffer for the benefit of the majority. That is some poli-sci chapter one shit. It's some Handmaid's Tale shit. It's a quote from Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, it's uh, that's some Spock shit right there. That's the needs of the many outweighing the needs of the few. And I think people who are using this argument to justify their belief that we should just be reopened and living our life as normal, they're thinking about, oh, well, 
this is just going to kill old people and they were going to die anyway. Like, did anyone see the Vanessa Hudgens video that she posted on Instagram? Yes, I believe I did. She got dragged for it. I forget what it's for, but she got fucking raked over the coals for it. Well, she deserved to get dragged for it because she went on Instagram and because she had heard that we might be locked down until July, she was like, "Mm, that seems like bullshit to me. And here's the thing. It's sad, but I know a lot of people are going to die, but that's kind of inevitable. And it's like, you've lived such a fucking full life at the age of 31 and you are this bummed out about having to stay in the house until July that you're like, fuck it. Your grandma's got to die. I need to hit the club. Here's the thing, too, is like, don't say that out loud. You don't say the thing out loud that you're supposed to think. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, is, again, COVID is such a nimble disease that it's taking out people in our age group. It's taking out people in it's taking out children. It's not just immunocompromised people. The the fact that we don't actually encourage testing and we don't encourage we don't encourage testing, we don't encourage treatment for this. We don't have accurate numbers. So this the propaganda around, you know, it's just the elderly. Yes, of course the elderly are more susceptible. They're more susceptible to fucking everything. But it is affecting all of us. Right. And we touched on this a little bit earlier, but all of these arguments about reopening essential services, those are going to impact, like, it's going to be people of color who get this when that happens. It's already happening. One of the examples I have in the notes in Boston, where Jeff directly caused this. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) The neighborhoods with the highest proportions of essential workers are the ones most impacted by covid And among those communities, areas like Hyde Park, Mattapan, and Dorchester. Nope, that's not how you say it. What? Dorchester. Fuck off. He said that correctly. Thank you. He he just didn't use your, like, mush-mouth Bostonian garbage speak. (laughs) Those are the areas that have been hit the hardest, and all of those areas, predominantly not white. Yeah, hard to find in Massachusetts, by the way. Yeah. An area that isn't predominantly looking like the dude from the Celtics. Just a, <laughs> a fat old white guy smoking with a cane. I didn't know which dude you were talking about, but I figured, oh, okay, it's the local. The Celtics dude. <laughs> and in the city of Chelsea, which is nearby, mm-hmm. their COVID rates are four times higher than Boston, and 35 to 40% of the people being treated in hospitals there are Hispanic or Latinx. Yeah, these are considered what what Massachusetts, what people generally in Massachusetts call these like the trash towns, like mm-hmm. the towns where they're like, you know, like, don't go to Dorchester. Like, don't go to Dorchester if you don't have to kind of a thing. Same thing mm-hmm. with Chelsea. These are the rough places. These are like the places that they make movies about. Our Compton Watts, South LA. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. And the reason it's so prevalent there is because a lot of people who live there work jobs where social distancing is not possible. But those are the same jobs that people are clamoring to reopen right now. So like, it's real easy for someone who wants to be able to go to these places to say, fuck it, this is uh, my freedom is being tread on, reopen them so I can go shop. But It's the people working at those places that are going to be at risk for this. It's not true that this only kills old people. It feels to me very much like, okay, so I got to go back to the Hardee's and get whatever kind of fucking chicken nuts or whatever from the Hardee's, but I'm going to pay for it in a blanket I coughed on just to make it as symbolic as humanly fucking possible. And it's like, yeah. What do you, what do you, it's like, I want to make this funny. I feel like every time I went on pops, I'm like, I want to make it funny, but at the same time, I also like my eyes are boiling with anger and I just I'm like, oh, I just want to just want to punch all these idiots in the faces is it's it is it's it's again, just another eradication of, 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 you know, other, you know, minorities like black and brown people in this country. It's like, well, we can get them sick. Who cares? There's been this extra torture where you're like, are you trying to tell me Taco Bell is an essential service? And then they're like, we brought back the Doritos Locos Fiery Taco. And I'm like, okay, you're essential. That's- <laughs> All right. All right. You got me. I do think 
like fast food places are essential because sometimes cheap food is all people can afford. Like that's why McDonald's is so huge in Russia because Russia is fucking broke. And sometimes people can only afford McDonald's. So I don't know if this is the time to have that debate where we're like, Hey, seize this opportunity to just eat fresh fruits. And it's like, all right, fucking buy them for me. I'm poor. Like, I, I I feel like there can be an argument for opening restaurants and shit, but goddamn tattoo parlors and hair salons, like, come on. I know. it's Vanity is such a fucking, it, it's so, again, it's so strange to watch people. It's like, use this as an opportunity. If you're at home and you're like, I really wish I could cut my hair or like, I have, I'm brown, I am Mexican. I got eyebrows that start over on one side of my head and end on the other side (laughs) of my head and they go down to my titties. Like I have some crazy facial hair situations going on. Very Frida Kahlo up in this bitch. And if, give yourself an opportunity to grow out your natural hair color, grow out your fucking eyebrows, give your stylist something to work with when you come back. Think of it that way. Create, give yourself a break from those those chemicals. And if you are financially strapped, if you are listening to this and you don't have a lot of money, NPR did an incredible series in 2008 of um, recipes that were under five and ten dollars that could feed a family of four. So go and look that up. There's also another book called the 99 Cent Store Cookbook, and most of those recipes again are under uh, under ten dollars. And could feed a family of four. Or hit me up. I know how to feed a motherfucker on like no, like no money. Um, but there is a way to eat nutritious and delicious when you're fucking broke. Yeah, I get that. It's just this is a weird time to give people a fucking hard time over eating fast food. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Do whatever you got to do. I just wanted to bring up that the Doritos taco, the fiery taco was back. I was just informing the crowd of that. <laughs> It's important. If I could eat Taco Bell, if I didn't have so many goddamn food allergies at this point in my life, if I could eat Taco Bell, I'd be eating one right now. This is such a weird time. Like, as long as you're wearing a mask in public and staying the fuck away from me, I really don't care what you're doing. Like, whatever you got to do to get through this. Like, I've had a a couple other hosts on this network who are, like, really anti-Zoom comedy shows. They're like, oh, I I would never do... And it's like, what the fuck do you care Like, if people need to do comedy on a fucking video screen, let them do it. You know what? They're afraid. What it is, is comedians uh, like drug addicts are incredibly afraid of change. And so anything different to them is going to feel like a goddamn assault. You know, it's like anything where they're asked to adapt. They're like, oh, God, I can't. You know, like, it's too much. Yeah. And I'm asking them to adapt by shutting the fuck up about it for a while. Leave them alone. You know, I've done a few of them. I did one that was like a private party. This woman turned 60 and her whole family, they hired three comedians and it was a blast. So like, you know what? Just chill the fuck out. You know, take your judgment. It blows me away that we have the energy to be judgmental when we're basically dealing with the existential stress of COVID-19 at the same time and trying to have lives and trying to do our own shit. It's like if you're if you're focusing your anger on something that's different and other people succeeding at a thing that's different, it's probably because you're not doing what you need to do to take care of you. You're not, you're not evolving. You're going to evolve with the process. I was one of those. It wasn't where I was like, I'm never going to do one of those. I was more just like, I'm good. Like, I don't I don't have the bandwidth emotionally to try to do one of these. And then I finally was like, I, I got to do one. Like, I I need to I need to make this shift and, and, and welcome myself to the new world order. Which is totally appropriate. I mean, did you guys first underproduce or overproduce when this started? Did you turn your anxiety into a factory of product or did you pull back and kind of like numb out for a little bit, process it and then come back? I stayed base. I mean, I was like Sideshow was sending me like I'm still working for Sideshow. They just send like normally I would I would drive in a couple times a week and like do videos about their products. They were just now they're mailing us the products and they're giving us shows. I've actually worked more for Sideshow than I ever have because of this. Guys, support Sideshow. They're keeping Jeff alive. Oh, yeah. They're (laughs) doing great. And they gave Val a job, too. 
she's like they're they're letting her do shit too like they, i've never like all these companies that are like being fucking nightmares and then sideshow has stepped up so fucking hard yeah support that business guys support businesses that take care of their workers so instead of ordering from amazon order some shit from newegg yeah get a get a get a 600 hundred dollar black panther statue now's the time pull the trigger yeah. you've got the pull, money right the- in the middle of a fucking pandemic yeah life's short get that statue <laughs> For me, I've been as busy as ever because the network is still doing fine. So I'm still able to keep things going and pay people to help. So nothing has really changed. I haven't had to stop paying anyone what I was paying them previously. I haven't had to get a small business loan. So, so far it's been good, but I haven't had that same lockdown experience where people are like, I don't know what to do with my time. Like I bought a video game console just so I wouldn't work 24 hours a day. And I still kind of do. It's just that some of that work involves me getting really good at NBA 2K20. Hey, there but, you go. <laughs> and I'll probably end up like doing that on Twitch or something like a fucking maniac. Yeah. So then I won't even be able to relax when I do that. We should but do a Twitch game against each other. I'd fucking wreck you. I don't know about that. Have you guys noticed that when you are out in public in the rare times when you have to get your groceries or you have to do something that there seems to be like a different interpretation of what six feet is depending on the person? So some people think that six feet is 10 feet and some people think that six feet is 10 fucking inches. I just forget sometimes. Like my brain, I'll be like walking past somebody. I was like, oh, I forgot I'm supposed to be fucking sneaking along the fucking you know, if like I'm in the aisle with somebody and I'm walking past them, I forget, like, am I supposed to jump out of the way? Like, I just yeah. walk past people like it's yeah. nothing. And then I'm like, oh, we're all dying. Yeah, I forgot about that. Fuck. Well, it's you have to be mindful in public now. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. The biggest <laughs> transition for me has just been figuring out how to organize everyone recording this way. Like some people didn't have microphones or shit to record with. So mm-hmm. I had to send out microphones. I sent mixers all over fucking los angeles and i mean it was it was an adjustment for a week or two but i think we're getting the hang of it now there's always the only real difference is it takes longer to edit episodes and there's about a 15 to 20 minute buffer when we start recording where everyone just has to figure out their individual setups but jeff what oh, what the fuck do you want from me sorry i'm just goofing with you <laughs> I don't god damn yeah you fucking wait for me <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, I I find that, um, yeah, some people, I had a couple of old dudes kind of not directly come up to me and say, you know, I've lived in this community for 70 years and I've never gotten sick. And I'm like, as I'm backing up and they're still approaching. So there's been a couple of times where I've had to be like, hey, I'm asking to social distance for you, not me. I know that you believe you're invincible, but I get sick really easily and I don't want to get you sick. Yeah. So like yeah. just kind of just kind of putting that out there or using my like very base women's self-defense like karate hands, just like arms distance, the very least, you know. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's definitely I've noticed uh, people in the last week or so have become much more relaxed. And it's probably because of all the stuff we've talked about. They're seeing it in the news. It's getting in their brain that they don't have to leave their house with a mask on. It's getting in their brain that they don't have to uh, social distance like they were used to. And I think it's just like breaking them down. I'm hand, I'm hand sanitizing all the fucking time. Oh, I sanitize in the car, out of the car, around. I wash my hands when I come in the door. I have a sign on the door that says, wash your hands, Lorona is coming. Because uh, I forget to do things, so I need visual cues all the time. Wash your hands. I have one on my door, on the outside, everywhere. Yeah, the I, I use actual rubbing alcohol. I just put it in a spray bottle and hit my too. hands with that. Because I drink a lot of water, so it doesn't dry my hands out. But don't inject it. Are you sure? The science no. is out. That's a whole different episode. We'll figure <laughs> you out. can't inject it. You can't inject it unless you're trying to get mad high. That's the thing heroin addicts will do sometimes when they're out of heroin is they'll uh, they'll inject whiskey or something or vodka. Yeah. Motley Crue did that. They talked about it on Behind the Music. Yeah. So j- I guess to just wrap this up, I like <laughs> everything I was saying about the network still doing relatively well, that's 
kind of the reason like this thing we're talking about today, this debate about reopening the country, like I'm fine shitting on a politician over it or someone who's like just clearly pushing some kind of right wing agenda when they're voicing their frustration about the country not being open. But like if you're a restaurant worker or a grocery store worker or you work at a bar or you're in any of these industries that just aren't going to open for a long time, I fucking get it. And I I think it's like it's a good time to kind of let those people voice their frustrations without shitting on them for it. There's so many other people doing bad things related to coronavirus that you can take your frustration out on. Don't you you don't really need to make it like the person who works at a movie theater and doesn't know how they're going to pay their rent. Fucking let them vent. There's a mix there of like, do you want like I, I don't want anybody to go broke and lose anything. And I I also don't want anybody to uh, have a needless death. And mental health is a big thing too. Like there are people that are really, really struggling with being locked in like this way more than I am. Oh, I'm a, I'm a a fucking, I mean, you know me, I'm an ADHD fucking riddled extrovert. And this is killing me. Let's go look at something shiny. (laughs) Yeah. And see, I'm the exact opposite. Like I'm always in the house. So like when people are voicing their frustration with this, I'm like, yeah, I fucking get it. Like I, I, I understand why you're so upset, even though I don't understand why you're so upset because I never go anywhere. Yeah. But I guess there's that empathy that you need. Yeah. 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 Jeff, what have you been doing to uh, rein in your ADHD? Moping. Um, Oh, okay. Okay, so healthy. Um, I, I mean, I'm just I'm just watching stuff. I, you know what? I, I uh, Adam and I, we we both had to download the WWE Network, uh, and I'm watching all of the old like uh, the old pay per views from when I was a kid that I used to watch. Fun. So I just That's watched your like, nostalgia watch. That's your like, anime. Like like I watched the 1990 Royal Rumble this morning because I used wow. to rent I used to rent it on tape all the time. So I was like, I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, I remember that happening. So I've been doing stuff like that. I've been, uh, you know, reconnect. I've been working a lot. Like the yeah. thing is, is I do a lot for Sideshow and I'm setting a bunch of shit up, uh, you know, helping because Val and I are both creating a lot of video stuff. So there's a lot of like filming and setting things up and I'm just trying not to be underfoot. Yeah, I've been, um, there's this app called FitBod has, uh, it's all its body weight exercises are for free, um, both Babel uh um Rosetta Stone and Duolingo uh the the first two are offering free subscriptions for 6 months right now so if you want to challenge your brain um you can learn a new language I don't want to learn that's been helpful because I felt like my first couple of weeks I went into like where trauma goes in my brain as I slow down and I process it but I felt my brain getting smooth and stupid just like real dumb like just crazy. And so I was like, I got to do something to keep my brain going. And then also mental health stuff, like call your physicians. If you're really, really struggling, um, you can, there are still therapists doing online therapy and there's a lot of 12 step programs. If you're struggling with addiction, um, if you're struggling with addiction, alcoholism, uh, codependency, uh, you live with an addict. There's a lot of 12 step resources out there and they've all, they all went to zoom a week before, uh, the lockdown became official because there's so many immunocompromised people in the 12 step world <laughs> that they were like, we better just start conference calling this shit immediately. So there's a lot of resources if you're, if you're struggling and, uh, uh that's basically, I've been keeping myself busy with that stuff. And I'm bringing back, uh, uh, Brouhaha's coming back. It's uh, changing shape. I've released the last two episodes that I was too burned out to <laughs> even release before. And twelve <laughs> and twelve questions is coming back. So yeah, I've been trying to keep myself busy, and I'm releasing these road sets uh, with a little bit of a paywall, unlisted links of like crazy times I like climbed on tables and performed for forty minutes on a dude's table. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. So um, yeah, I've been kind of catching up on shit, being an adult, you know, changing banks, starting a retirement fund, you know, (laughs) like doing shit that I wasn't able to do before. Great. Anna, what do you got to plug? Yeah, I was just (laughs) going to say, Jeff, do you have anything to plug? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, man, I've got I've put up videos of Anna doing shit. Uh Please hanging up. Do. On, yeah. Um I mean for me it's, you know, Sideshow Sideshow with Sideshow Collectibles every other Tuesday and I've been doing a lot of video work for them so you can check that out. Um Tom and Jeff watch Batman uh is on the Gamefully Unemployed network. Uh so you can check that out. We drop every Wednesday and then of course, you don't even like sports. On the un- right? you, Adam, you don't even like sports. Uh, you don't even like sports. On the Unpopular Opinion Network with Adam Todd Brown, we are currently working to wrap up our chapters on Dennis Rodman. Um, so <gasps> that's uh, exciting. Uh, it's it's a great podcast. I'm very Have proud of it. Have you gotten to the North Korea stuff yet? That's n- the well, not next episode. the The next episode is about his time as a wrestler, and then after that. North Korea. Yeah. Oh, what so, a time to find out about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good times. People should go check it out. It's called You Don't Even Like Sports. You don't even like Pops Sports. Network. Yeah. So thanks for and listening to that. I have a lot of fun. I'm 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 at my pinnacle in in podcasting. My my the three shows that I'm regularly hosting are three of the best shows I've ever done. And I really every every time Aww. we do them, I fucking love doing it. I love that. I actually, it was really interesting when the stuff started. I looked to both of you and I was in like my, my mind and on the internet and I was like, they're going to be all right. They're good at this digital shit. <laughs> yeah. I've been really lucky so far. Uh, that's my plug. I appreciate people still supporting the network and allowing us to carry on without a whole lot of uh, changes other than all being in the separate room. Yeah. The separate room, a separate room. I get, you get it. it. I, and I, I'm sorry for seamlessly going into plugs. It's just that I'm that good, you know? No, we, yeah. we, we, we're not surprised you did that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to put it out there that things are going well. Oh. Well, that's a that's an upbeat ending, at least. Yeah, it sure yeah. is. Yeah. Go out and get your hair cut, Georgia. Yeah. <sighs> Man, those yeah. mullets, they got to roam free. They all got to get their Tiger King mullet on. <laughs> got to get them tightened up. Uh, well, I think that's our episode. Hell this yeah. was fun. Thank you both for doing it. Hey, Yay. shut up. Oh, come on. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. You shut up. Jeff. Welcome to the Jeff Show. Jeff, right, when bye. I can see you in real life, I'm hugging you until you're uncomfortable. Oh, so like before you've even made contact with me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm going to pee now. Okay. All bye. right. Jeff, say goodbye. Nope. Yeah, just kidding. Bye. Anna, say goodbye. Bye, guys. Love you. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye.